Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Moving On. And today, as usual, I have a wonderful expert with me. Her name is Rachel Jane Groover. Hey, Rachel Jane. Hello there. It's great to be here. I am super happy to have this conversation with you. So for everybody listening, let me tell you guys a little bit about Rachel Jane. It's Rachel Jane. Yes, that's Rachel. Right. <laughs> I know. I don't want to screw and it up. You know, I, I'm trying to do. Yeah. Try not to screw that up there. <laughs> Anyways, Rachel Jane Groover is the founder and CEO of The Awakened School and bestselling author of the books Powerful and Feminine. Is it Powerful is one book and Feminine is another book? No, it's Powerful and Feminine is, is the first book. Yep. Okay. Because it said author of the books. I'm thinking, okay, so whoever put and that And Divine together, Breadcrumbs. Oh, it's not on here. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. <laughs> so all of her work is about helping you find inner peace and outer purpose. I love that. So once again, thank you for coming on my show. And what I would love is our video froze. Can you still hear me? I can. Okay, cool. So <laughs> I always go with it. I just figure, hey, you guys listening, just so you guys know we're on video too, if you're listening on iTunes or somewhere else. So anyways, Rachel Jane, tell me when you were a child, what was it you wanted to be when you grew up? Well, I think I wanted to be on stage. I mm -hmm. wanted to perform. I wanted to do something fun. And so I still have videos of me. Actually, I just saw a few last month when I was back in Australia visiting our home, our family home, videos of me when I was probably six or seven years old, um, being the big sister, bossy big sister, putting the choreography together and choosing the song and making sure everybody was moving in the right you know, <laughs> direction at the right time. And, and that was kind of, I guess the dream, but I was extremely shy also. So it was, it was kind of this introverted, shy girl who, if she was allowed to put on a little performance, she went for it. That's really awesome. Um, I can relate to it because I always had, I always had to put on plays. It wasn't yeah. so much musicals or dancing because uh, no, that wasn't happening over here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I relate to it. So it sounds kind of like you were an introverted leader in a sense, right? Yeah, I think that's a great way of putting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of funny. I mean, I think certain characteristics from childhood absolutely stick with us our whole life. Yeah. So um, did you go off and have a dancing career or was this something just as a small, you know, as a child you did? Yeah, I had a singing career. I was a singer-songwriter for about a decade in Australia before I moved to the U.S. and decided to make the leap more into speaking and facilitating and um, running workshops. But still, even to this day, we open our big events with a full band. And my husband's a bass player, an amazing bass player. I play guitar and sing. And, and that's always nice because it shocks people. They don't know me as that. And we're pretty good. So that was what I did for a long time. But I was always really pulled in my late teens and early 20s, I'd say like till mid 20s, of this decision point around, I want to, 
I, I'm not sure if I want to save the world or I want to entertain mm -hmm. it. I just didn't kind of know. I wanted, maybe I'm supposed to be a social worker. I did social work um, as a degree for a while, did psychology at university for a while. So I was going down that route of I want to help people. I was a natural coach. But then, like, get me on stage and make someone feel something. And I had that. So it's really perfect now, those two things coming together with what I do because I'm on stage a lot, but it's, mm -hmm. but it's speaking. And I get to do a song in, our, in my keynotes just to make that moment land. And I don't really want to do the singing. I, I gave up because I was kind of sick of entertaining people only. I wanted to make a difference and I felt like education and um, giving people a, a experience of transformation was going to be better than entertaining them over some beers, you know, usually too many beers. Um, and yeah, but it was this combination. And I think that that happens to a lot of people. There's these mm -hmm. multiple things that they, they love and they have a purpose for and how do you bring it together? And I think that for me, because I, I've always been a little outside the box with, with what's possible, um, and that that really served me because I've created my own, you know, outside the box career from all of these things that I love. And I, I don't think there's anything missing because I used to love creative writing and my third book's coming out soon. So I get to do that. And I love psychology. I teach the Enneagram and shadow work and all of that. And so you can kind of like go through all the pieces and because I have my own business, which helps you get to be the boss. Um, right. I, I get to do do all of these things. So I feel very, very blessed with that. That's exciting. So a couple of questions. One, what kind of music do you and your husband uh, play when you play together? Yeah, like I love a crossover mix. So we love um, Lyle Lovett, Bonnie Raitt, you know, those kinds of artists that cross the blues and the country and the folk and the Americana and um, rock and all of that. Um, so, so if I was doing covers, it'd be, you know, Bonnie Raitt, that kind of thing, Mary Chapin Carpenter, that crossover country vibe. But, um, we also do just really classic songs in our cabaret nights where we, we surprise everyone with a cabaret night, um, you know, bridge over troubled water or anything that's a really good song that makes people feel how important community is, feel how important, um, really going for their dream is and those kinds of things. So I'm up for anything as long as it's well done. That's awesome. So what was it that drew you to wanting to help people when you were younger? Because you were saying in college, you uh, went ahead and you had studied psychology. And um, so I'm curious what happened with that as far as, you know, most of us who help people, usually there's some kind of trauma or drama behind it. Um, I have rarely met somebody who helps people who hasn't had the need to be helped themselves. <laughs> right. We all need it. We all need help. That's for sure. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky that I have, it wasn't a very strong or intense trauma in that case. Um, I'd say primarily it has come from a desire to make people feel something and that's mm -hmm. why I really relate to the performer or the creator of an environment, the creator of an experience, 
just as much as a coach or healer or consultant or, or what have you, because I feel like people are so in their heads and mm -hmm. so trying to figure things out mentally, even on a personal and spiritual development path. It's they know so much more than they actually experience in their everyday. And so the drive to help really came from this desire to get people in their bodies and to feel something. So that was one side. And the other part of the trauma, I guess, is I'm Australian. I live in Colorado now, but the tall poppy syndrome is what it's called there, where you can't shine or get bigger or better than anyone else. Otherwise, you're going to get cut down to size. So you're the same tall, you know, same height as everyone else. And I definitely had a big dose of that when I was growing up. Like I was on a spiritual path when I was very young. Um, I had mystical experiences when I was young. Um, and who do you talk to when you're a, you know, late teen, early 20s, especially in Australia? Nothing was really going on there. We didn't have Oprah and Gary Zukov and all of that, which you guys had. Um, so as I was coming into my own spiritual awakening, I got kind of cut down to size. And at the same time, whenever I excelled at something, it was, it was not okay to excel at something. And I excelled at a, quite a few things. Singing was one and writing was another and, um, yeah, just, just whatever it was. So a lot of the work now has come out of that, of helping women and now men be seen, be visible and to feel unshakable when all eyes are on them. So I'm using the performance understanding and what creates presence in someone that makes you just weep when they're on stage, but also the nervous system and all the pieces that happen when all eyes are on you. Most people aren't themselves if I got them up mm -hmm. on a stage and had everyone's attention on because it just puts us into that either self-consciousness or performer consciousness. And I just love that whole conversation of what creates the self-consciousness, what creates the performer consciousness. And then the final thing I'd say about that is um, I was always kind of a ahead of most of my peers on the spiritual awakening journey. And I'm a natural teacher. So I loved being able to share with people who also found me before I was doing this work, they just kind of found me and we would talk about it. And it's, it's gone all the way through my career that we have a community in the awakened school that are on a spiritual path, but the, the, the path ahead of where we are is usually very mysterious and mystical. It's like, what is even this thing called enlightenment or, you know, real awakening? And, and so going through so much and being able to put words to it in mm -hmm. order to be a, a signpost, a guidepost, I love being that. Um, so all of that wrapped up is, is kind of what's driving me, um, has always driven me. That's, uh, I, I love that. And so when you say spiritual awakening for those out there who are totally interested, what was your spiritual awakening? I know in my case, it happened once, twice, three times. It, you know, it happens over and over again at a deeper and deeper level. But for you, what was it that, that moment or those moments? Yeah, it was definitely moments because it's an unwinding of the psychological patterns that we have um, and 
being able to stabilize yourself in a higher dimension or a more expanded dimension all of the time. So the early experiences that I had, um, you know, late teens, 20s were more like being in a situation where I, I had to surrender to something. I had to surrender my image to being looking good and I had to follow my instinct or follow a voice that I heard and, and have the courage to do it. And then something awoke where I could see with the multidimensional eyes. I could see that this, this is not what, what we think we see is not what's going on. And then it started to morph into, um, you know, just a lot of meditation, a lot of being able to find that peaceful mind and certain awakenings on that place for it to be a lot more peaceful, a lot more, you know, less comparing, less controlling, less critical and all of that. Um, but more in the last five years, I would say, is where I really call my spiritual awakening, even though I've been on it for a long, long time and been a meditator for over 20 years now and all that, all those kinds of things. Um, five years ago, I, I still knew that every time I was having a mystical experience or a, um, a multidimensional seeing experience, it would snap back and I would come back to a place eventually of this is Rachel Jane. I'm talking to Tracy right now. And Rachel Jane needs to make sure that she has everything in place for her life and that kind of thing. So I knew the stabilizing of the awakening had not occurred. Um, it was kind of, it, things were getting easier by stretch, like you were saying. It just it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, and so about five years ago, I had a pretty significant next turn where um, the mind did go silent. It stayed silent. It's been um, a very different way of being since then. And it all came through being a lot more receptive, energetically, understanding enlightenment. It's not about finding something, but about unwinding all the contractions, constriction, working with the energy field, working with the psychology in more specific ways to really let go of I am a person. I am Rachel Jane. Um, so since then, it's been kind of a whole different story, even though I would say I've been on the awakening journey for a long time. Um, I don't feel like I'm Rachel Jane anymore, which is kind of weird when I say that, but it's um, just been a, just been such an amazing journey. So I would say if people are like, well, what is spiritual awakening or what is enlightenment? It's... Um, it's not only realizing that you are not you, who you think you are, your, your you know, um, ego or your personality. Um, it's not just knowing that you are interconnectivity itself, mm -hmm. but it's the, the mind that the, the earth suit, as I would call it, has actually woken up to the fact it's not it. It's not mm -hmm. it. And once right. that happens, then it can start stabilizing um, where there really is huge quiet almost all of the time. So I love that and I can relate to it. So how does that impact your daily life? How is your daily life different than prior to this? Um, in huge ways. So prior to five years ago, 
it would look like, um, let's say professionally in business. Um, if I had a launch that went really well, I'd be happy. If I had a launch that went really bad, I wouldn't be happy. Um, you know, if I got a great opportunity, it'd be amazing. If I lost an opportunity, I'd be in my head going, well, why was that? And what have I done? And da, 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 da. And now, um, there's just no difference. There really is no difference. And that's huge for me because I was a troughs and peaks girl. You know, I'm, I can go really Mm -hmm. high and I can not necessarily be depressed, but I can, I can go low. Um, the idea of comparing myself to others and kind of watching other people on social media and like, Oh, should I be doing that? Or, Oh, they're so much better. And so why bother? And all that kind of thing was happening prior Mm-hmm. Um, none of it's happening now. It's just very much um, what's coming out of this experience of now, you know, and mm-hmm. there's no one else really involved. Um, as far as my personal life, I'm married to the love of my life. And um, prior to this, it would we do State of the Union every Tuesday night. I don't know if you're aware of um, the State of the Union. Who did that? I won't remember his name, but... Um, well-known relationship counselor, coach, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll remember it, but it's basically Tuesday nights. We sit down on the mm-hmm. couch and, and we just give a state of the union of how our relationship's going. And if there's anything that's been stuffed under the carpet, we say it and talk about it. And, and so prior to this, if there was real issues and he wasn't getting me, listening to me, you know, calling me on stuff that I'm like, what are you talking about? That's exactly what you do, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just be like, oh, my God, you know, and it just doesn't happen anymore. And that's probably the biggest thing because he usually the people close to you are the ones that can trigger you the most. And, um, yeah, it's, it's so much easier because I'm not getting hooked in, you know, if that comes and um, I'm healthier, I'm happier, I do more, I'm more productive, I'm more successful in business than I've ever been, and I am the least stressed than I've ever been. So I love the path of kind of allowing myself on an earth plane, if you will, to grow and to reach you know more human potential and look at more that I'm doing and not be overwhelmed or what have you. And, and that was also big, being an introvert, I was always overwhelmed by the thought of having a lot of success. I don't want people, mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with people, I, you know, I, I, my boundaries. And, and now um, I'm, not, I'm not afraid of what might come as mm-hmm. far as success or failure, where I would say that I was concerned about success more mm-hmm. than failure. I could go and, off. But that's, well, that's no, cool. I mean, and it's, I mean, and, you know, I appreciate that. So what do you do then when, you know, let's say revenue isn't great or does that not happen anymore? Or when you, uh, I don't know, lose a client or lose something, right? Like not get what you thought you were going to get. Um, is there a state of non-attachment? Is it where you ride those emotional waves? Or like I said, because you're so tuned in, do those things even happen anymore? Great question. So prior to the last few years, it was more of 
okay, I notice that I'm feeling a little upset or just a little less joy because of whatever happened. Revenue's low, lost a client, blah, blah, blah. And then I would work with myself. Okay, let's be less attached. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's change my thinking about this. Um, There'll be something else, you know. So, So I was, you know, it's fairly evolved, but I was still working myself. Like I was still working the mind to try to put myself in a position that I could be okay about it. Now that doesn't happen. I, there's no there's no need to try to put myself in a position. And it does still happen. Like revenue might be low, clients we gain and lose all the time. So all of that's still happening. Um, but it's just... The difference, as far as what I'm concerned, the difference between um, knowing how knowing what's needed mm-hmm. to get yourself in a place of peace versus be stabilized, meaning your earth suit, your mind, your heart, your body, your nervous system, is now holding the place of there is nothing that can be damaged. There is nothing that 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 is other than this this experience. And so in that, there's no reason for me to do all the things that I was doing that worked before. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So when you look at your life path now, does it keep evolving or is it basically the same goals in front of you? Always evolving. Mm-hmm. Always. Okay. Yeah. Always, always, always. And so as it's evolving, are there loftier goals, you know, uh, more spiritual goals? Like, what does that look like for people that are listening who may be on the cusp of it or or hopefully headed in the direction of some form of enlightenment? Well, I think that depends on where they are on the journey, because when my when the first few weeks of my mind going silent, I mean, literally, I was kind of like is anything there? Like mm-hmm. I'm so used to at least a little bit of chatter. I wasn't used to ton because again, like you, I've been on a path for a while. So I wasn't used to terrible amount, but there was nothing there. And there was also a feeling like my, my light, my, my bioenergetic field was so transparent. There was nothing there. And in that I was in the middle of two back-to-back retreats I was leading I feel like, who the hell am I? Um, I have no ambition. I have no need for anything. And I'm now, you know, I think probably in the middle of one of our biggest grossing, moving years of the business. And I was just like, I don't think I need or want anything ever again. Is my ambition going to come back? That's kind of where I was. So I would say in that phase, it was only spiritual goals for lack of a better mm-hmm. term of I want to I want to make sure that this sticks. I did a lot to understand through other teachers and understand through other people's experience of how this was different to just being a good spiritual practitioner and staying on that. Um, so that was helpful. But now five years or more later, I'd say the goals are way loftier, Mm -hmm. you know, because 
the the way I think of it is we we kind of have an ascent, an ascent to who we are, and it needs to stick. Otherwise, we just keep sort of coming back a little more awake, but not really that. And right. and now that's stuck with the knowing that that everything is fully infinite, and the possibilities are the the mind and the heart naturally go to more loftier goals because you can create anything. So I have found that um, very unattached, but um, we just bought our own retreat center in Loveland, Colorado. So that was to me a lofty goal. Um, you know, I'm writing a trilogy. First, first book is coming out soon and going through that really quickly as a lofty goal, but it's just from such a different, you know, no push and no like, this has got to happen or those kinds of things. So I think it just really depends because there was definitely times like, I don't want to do it. I just want to sit in this rocking chair for the next 10 years because I am blissing out. And then it started shifting when I came back into that descent of like, no, I'm I'm in a physical representation and I can do anything with this. So what do we want to do? What do we want to do? You know, and coming back mm -hmm. to that. I think that's great. Um, and so the awakened, it's the awakened school, right? That's, that's right. What, uh huh. So was that around before this or did it come after this? When it did was that around. In? Yeah. So I was teaching the art of feminine presence for now for over 13 years. We've done that around the world. It was kind of the first thing that I became known for went along with the book Powerful and Feminine. And that work was it was spiritual for sure, but it was more about helping women um, be in their power, in their body understand their energy field um, and how that relates to the human potential and spiritual awakening journey. And then it started morphing from there. So, um, you know, we started, my husband is an amazing speaker. He was doing a speaker training and we joined forces on that. So I could teach the presence piece and he could teach the business piece. And then things started taking off. We started the Awaken Business School. So it's been a gradual um Ever, you know, always evolving process um, mm -hmm. over the time. But I think the the main through line that's been important to me the whole time is that word awakening. And, you know, whether it's awakening your purpose or awakening spiritually, awakening what you believe is possible, um, awakening to the book you want to write. So we do a writing retreat and we do silent retreats and all that kind of thing. That's the through line. Um, for people who've been on a path for a decade or more. You know, this is definitely an elevated conversation. Um, it's not metaphysics 101, even though that's important. They're just finding us of more of a nuanced conversation of where they're stuck, where they know something's not quite unwinding the way they want it to. And um, they can do that in personal and business and whatever, because it's all just a mirror of us anyhow. You know, it's like to think business is just another spiritual practice. Um, so, yeah, I've been doing it for a long time. Probably will be wheeling me out in a wheelchair at point, still teaching, you know. <laughs> I do know. I do understand. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I don't see a reason that I would probably ever retire, um, yeah. you know, but I do definitely think or I do know that, in my own business and in my own life, there's always the evolution. There's always the evolving. And right. so, um, and so for you then, I, I know you had different goals than you did before and they're always evolving, but what is, what is the, the thing that you see 
that perhaps is here and you want to maintain or you want to see it grow. Um, and I mean that spiritually or personally or professionally, like what, what is that thing for you? Um, can you say that again? In, in other words, you mean like the, the main driver or the main, main driver? Of, mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say the main driver now is to live in the mystery of what's really possible. Like blow the roof off mm -hmm. the limitation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's, what's possible. And each time there's another unfolding in this journey, there's more realization like, Oh, we have no idea. We have no idea. So mm -hmm. I think that could be the wrapping in of, of the work and spiritually for sure. Um, and, and professionally, I don't know if this is tied, but when I think of the work that we do, it's about, it's about giving people um, a deeply embedded experience which I think mm -hmm. that is what's what is pulling me is I want an ex I don't want to read another Deepak Chopra book on infinite potential. I want to experience, yeah, that I yeah. have just created a best-selling book, a retreat center, and five launches that went you know rocket ship all in a year. That's what's that's what's potential. I want to experience it, and then whatever's next. And so I, that's why I think why we've got the the space now that we're renovating it'll be open later but and and everything that we've always done has been more geared to the in-person retreat or a longer period of time working for us usually we work with people for a year to 18 months because a lot of flittering around i'm sure you see it like oh i'll do this and i'll do that and if they stay they can't hide so much. Someone who's on their 18th mm -hmm. month with me can't hide what they said, you know, six months ago, or what, what's going on. So I think it comes to the giving myself the experience and other people the experience of being in the mystery and of things that they've only known about, but not really felt. That's lovely. I love that. So before we wrap it up, I'd love to know what sort of tips or anything that we haven't shared as far as your business goes that you want to leave the listeners with. Yeah, I mean, I'm the tips gal, so that's a hard <laughs> question. You know, like I'm very practical, even though I, you know, I might with some of my language feel feel not so practical, but I'm a triple Taurus. I'm very, very practical. And if it doesn't have a practical application, I'm not really interested. Um, so I would say. What, a tip to leave everyone with that came through in this latest book that will be at some point this year, 2023, is spiritual, uh, spiritual awakening is less about finding something and more about unwinding something. Mm -hmm. And so you can think about the things that you can do in your life to unwind patterns. And energetically what unwinds a pattern is to go toward what you don't want to go toward, right? Someone's mm -hmm. keeps getting anxious about something or whatever. So you want to run towards the tiger's mouth. But if you're running toward the tiger's mouth, you've got to have practices that can allow your nervous system 
to keep running forward versus like, ah, no. Right. Right. And you also need practice to, to once you're right in the thick of it, that you can be so somatically in your internal space that you stay there mm-hmm. while you want to run and to be very, very receptive to the moment because everything else, if you're not receptive, if you're not being in the experience, it's just all manipulation. You're trying to manipulate yourself to feel happy at some point and it's never going to unwind. So um, being more receptive in the body, being more receptive in your energy field, learning how to be very much in your vertical core. Uh, A lot of these things are in the first book, Powerful and Feminine. People can get a copy of that. Um, But I wasn't really aware until about five years ago that this, this being receptive physically and energetically, not just like, oh, be curious. Oh, let's let's look at it another way. Not just that. Right. This whole system mm-hmm. moving through life. And if it can do that, then it doesn't come up against anything. Someone that no one's really can trigger you if you're receptive to the moment. Right. Because there's nothing holding. So it's safe for people to look in, in that direction and be a lot more focused on the physical and energetic system than they have been in the past. Lovely. I love that. It speaks my language. So (laughs) this has been wonderful, Rachel Jane. I've really appreciated everything you've shared. And if people want to find you, where would they find you? You can go to The Awakened, which has got an ED at the end, theawakenedschool.com or my name, first name, racheljane.com. And uh, you can become a free member easily there. We have a lot of free mini retreats, challenges, experiences. So join us for something, no cost. We do a lot of them during the year and um, and they can reach out to me. All my details are there, email, phone number, all of that if you um, feel like you want to connect. I love that. It was very lovely. Thank you again for joining me. And with that, everybody, thank you for joining us. And I will see you next time on Moving On. Take care. Bye-bye.